Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the EG Property Podcast with me, EG Editor Sam McClary. Now before we get into this episode, I want you to take a deep breath. How does it feel to take that big gulp of air? How does it make you feel? And how often do you really notice the air that you breathe? Back in the days when we were able to travel, every summer my husband and I would pack up our little camper van and trundle across to France for a week of sunshine in Chamonix. We'd run up and down the mountains, breathing in as much alpine air as we could. It was divine. But I never really noticed how divine that air was and how much better it made me feel until I got back home, or more specifically, back to London, when I could actually taste how disgusting the air was. Air quality, quite rightly, has moved up the agenda over the past year. Not just because of the coronavirus, but because of the impact that poor quality air has on our health, our happiness and our productivity. Legislation is coming down the line through the future building standards that calls for improved ventilation. And as you'll hear from our guests on today's episode, occupiers too are increasingly asking about the quality of air in potential new premises. It's moving higher and higher up their lists of requirements. So joining me to talk about the importance of indoor air quality and why monitoring it, understanding it and being able to certify it is important is Chief Executive of Aerated, Francesca Brady, and Ashby Capital Property Director, Tom Smithers. Ashby Capital is the proud landlord, alongside you and I, of the UK's first premium rated office for its air quality. The score from Aerated means pretty much that I no longer have to do those 12 hours of driving to Chamonix to get my Alpine fresh air. I can take a much, much shorter drive to Slough and the Future Works building. It obviously means so much more than that. So why not do what you do? Grab that cuppa, lace up your trainers, or do whatever else it is you need to do to prepare yourself for your regular aural treat from EG. Take that big deep breath and enjoy the EG Property Podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the EG Property Podcast and on today's episode I am joined by Francesca Brady from Aerated and Tom Smithers from Aspie Capital and we're here today to talk about air quality and just the the importance of being able to breathe fresh air I suppose as a as a as a ultimate um but we're we brought uh, Tom and Francesca together because they are both uh, involved in a very uh, exciting scheme down in uh, Slough. And I wonder, um, really, Tom, maybe you could kick us off with um, just a little bit of a uh, description of, of the future works and what, what you're trying to achieve there. Sure. Yeah, we um, developed the Future Works in conjunction uh, with you and I. It's a hundred thousand square foot um, prime office building, uh, newly newly completed, and uh, we have uh, best in class uh, systems within that building. We focus um, a lot on technology. Um, it's grade A standard as you would expect, and uh, it was developed by a high, developed to a, to a high specification even. Um, and looking at the air quality and monitoring that was a really key aspect of sort of closing the loop on the sort of design phase, moving into the to the occupation phase and understanding how, how the building's performing. Fantastic. And then Francesca, how how has Aerated got involved in, in that building and, and um tell us about yeah, your involvement there. Yes, yeah, so Aerated, we get involved in buildings like the Future Works to be the independent assessor for indoor air quality 
And what we aim to do is give a building a certification, so a classification, something that is at a high level, quite easy to understand. So our certification is called an air score. Um, so I think perhaps when people see that, they'll know it's about air at the very least. But then we try and go further than that and communicate it properly to uh, building occupants, because at the end of the day, they are the key stakeholder. Um, so unless they see what value it's adding to them, it, it's almost lost in terms of the meaning with the building, like the future works. So, yeah, we are the independent verification, validation of the fact that you've put investment into building systems. And yes, they actually work in operation. Fantastic. And you, you mentioned there the, the value um, yeah. uh, of, um, of a certification of um, mm -hmm. fresh um, quality air. Look, let's talk a little bit more about that and why, you know, why good quality air matters in a in a building. Mm. You know, people might say, well, why do I need why do I need to bother about that? They probably say that less in these times, but prior to um, 2020, yeah. they might have thought, well, I do, why do I need to bother? Yeah, it's um, quite bizarre because you touched on this at the very beginning, the introduction about fresh air and the fact that we don't really think about it that much. Um, there's been a lot of focus on outdoor air quality and all of these initiatives that are put in place uh, nationwide, up and down the UK. Um, very little attention paid to indoor air quality, even though we spend, well, particularly in lockdown, 90% uh, plus of our time living and working indoors. So it's important to know. And air, air quality is the main determinant for our health. Everyone breathes air. It doesn't discriminate based on gender, age. Uh, sexuality anything like that so it's one of those things that's really important to understand very pe very few people understand it uh, something we need to know about it affects our health um, but also our productivity so working from home um, or even working in the office when we finally get back there it's something that not only impacts health and well-being but productivity and therefore ROI you get some ROI from that Fantastic. and Tom for you what was what was the driver to to you know sort of go after the the platinum rating that you've achieved on on the future works well i think it's a, a huge endorsement for the building it, it proves to any uh, incoming tenant or existing occupiers that we are delivering uh first class air quality within the buildings which is uh, francesca just highlighted it's um, it's hugely important and when we look at the sort of development we are we're a briam excellent building we know we have uh, very good levels of ventilation because uh, we design it to a very high standard um, ahead of the, the BCO um, specification. Uh, we have very flexible floor plates which allow people to sort of come in and customise their fit out to their own specific needs. But to sort of take all of that design and construction theory, if you like, and actually then prove that it's it's delivering um, excellent fresh air levels, excellent quality of, uh, of an indoor environment. Um, is is really sort of the, the the finishing piece, if you like, to the to the whole development, and it's really important that we can, um, as uh, Francesca, Francesca said, make that a very simple to understand um, product, uh, and uh, to to be able to, to present to people uh, a certification saying that if you come to this building or you're an Ashby Capital occupier, then you will have um, best in class fresh air delivery within your space. Yeah, and, and I think oh sorry, Samantha, I was no, going to say ahead. that is kind of the really cheesy line that we use is making the invisible visible because you can't see air quality. Um, and like to an extent, you can choose what you eat 
and what you drink. So clean, filtered water, healthy food as much as you can. Um, but you can't choose what air you're breathing. Um, so the fact that the future works at least gives you the information required to make a decision is nice. And I think particularly in this current situation with the pandemic, um, having control, visibility um, and choice is key because pre-pandemic it was I feel like healthy building certifications I never thought this but they were kind of seen as a nice to have and then there was a shift to the compelling competitive advantage because of the impact on productivity and an asset is just more investable um, because it's future-proof and resilient and all these great things um, both to like the climate crisis but also now as we know pandemics um so human health crises and I, I feel like since the pandemic so at the moment and probably for the next couple of years at least the shift has gone from nice to have to compelling competitive advantage now to almost a must-have because there is so much information about indoor air quality and ventilation in mainstream media like even my mum sent me a link about it. My mum knows absolutely nothing about buildings, absolutely nothing about ventilation. And even she's sending me this sort of stuff. So people, normal people in buildings are now equipped with the knowledge about this sort of stuff. And at the very least, they will question it when they're walking around a space. If it's someone looking to buy a new home or someone looking to move into a new office. I think, I mean, you're absolutely right, aren't you? And I think the you know, stories in the in the national press about, um, you know, young children d dying as a result yeah. of poor e external air, air quality, but obviously mm -hmm. that gets into people's homes, you know, that it makes it very real, doesn't it? And does make that does. invisible, visible, and, and, and mm -hmm. sadly, in, in, in that way, as a as an as an evil, as an evil, mm -hmm. and the ability, I suppose, to be able to almost assure or reassure occupiers that um, you know their staff are not only going to be more productive because of the mm -hmm. the um, you know the impact that good quality air has on our on our brains but they're going to be safe too that must be a, a, a huge um, I don't really want to use the term selling point but I guess I guess in a crude way that is what I mean. Yeah it's one of those things that um, it is the proof that a building is going to not compromise your health because mm. to date they buildings have been built to be more sustainable so they are increasingly airtight to become more energy efficient but in doing that it has trapped us in with pollutants and now there's definitely more a shift to healthy buildings and sustainable buildings so buildings that are energy efficient but also are really well ventilated and look after the health of people inside them and and are you finding tom that with potential occupiers and you know perhaps even i don't know if this goes down to a, fu a funding question as well that you're having these kind of conversations with with people that and more and more often you're being asked well what is the what is the the health of that building how how safe can i be in that building how um productive can i expect my my staff to be Definitely, definitely. We, we've seen um, the importance of indoor air quality sort of growing um, amongst the sort of the tenant rep community, community acting for occupiers um, over a number of years now. I think the, the pandemic has accelerated that. 
Um, and as surveyors uh, developing uh, and, and leasing buildings, we're all very used to looking at specifications, talking about sort of the design of the building and what, what functions it has uh, from an M&E perspective. Um, to be able to put this into sort of a very simple, easily easily digestible format, which actually proves to a tenant, OK, well, if you come here, it's a great building, but you're going to have CO2 levels on average, which are uh, 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 on par with this benchmark or better than that benchmark. And and we can we can we know that the particular matter in the building is is at very low levels. That's really that's tangible and that's very easy for them to take away. OK, yes, that 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 building is performing and we will have a, a high quality of, uh, of, of an internal environment there um, if, if we take space or, or continue to occupy space there. Mm. And I think with um, health and productivity, like, there are so many variables um, to these things, but if a building is performing well air quality wise, it's giving you the best chance of being the healthiest you can be, being the most productive you can be. And I think with Tom and his team, in terms of that piece of going further in communication so yes you've got the badge on the front of the building so people probably see it uh, out of the corner of the eye when they're walking in they're going further and having qr codes placed around the building so it's one of those things that becomes interactive and people are naturally inquisitive and they'll be like oh, okay i want to find out more and um, what does it mean because we're all inherently selfish at the end of the day what does it mean for my personal health um and my well-being and my productivity and my comfort because there are so many angles to air quality that I think people are unaware of so that awareness and education piece is key um to yeah like we said before de uh, delivering the value to building occupants and it I, I often find myself in these kind of conversations always coming back to a a favorite t word of mine which is ta is talent yeah and <laughs> you know when we when we talk about any of the the, the new side of real estate that we're seeing that um, ha, you know cares about um, uh, more than just the bottom bottom line mm -hmm. uh, it always makes me wonder if we if we create a place where there is good quality air that that must help occupiers and perhaps even the developer of the building attract more talent to to the business because for the developer, it shows that they, they care and they're looking at something different and perhaps there's different skill sets that they can get in to help with that. And from an occupier perspective, you know, your people want to work in a place where they can, they can breathe. And if they know that their company is securing um, an office where it, this is, is so high up on the list of priorities, then it makes it an attractive place to work. 100%. And I think probably pre-pandemic, it was kind of said that millennials are pushing this agenda forward because they are more focused on their health and well-being than any generation before them. But I think now it's actually triggered that movement through across generations. Um, all of us want good quality spaces to live and work in. Um, so, yeah, it started off being millennials or people perhaps thought it was more millennials who are pushing this momentum, but now it is everyone and you're absolutely right that a duty of care that an employer has they also want to be translating that to employees because I think there's probably a push now from financial benefit and incentive uh, for employees and now it's more about flexible working and is there space outside to potter around at lunchtime and is there healthy air and clean water and all that sort of stuff so it's 
it's more qualitative, I think, than a quantitative benefit now. There was a, um, I've been having a few discussions when people were talking about, um, you know, one of the sort of metrics for um, quality office office space going forward was um, the access to, to blue skies. You know, if there mm. is space around that, that is, you know, that is a, a question that is being asked now. And, I, and I, you know, that, that sort of feeds into this as, as well. Is there is there room for me to, to breathe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To- Tom, can you can you talk us through? I guess I'm really interested to hear from you whether you think that this is this will change some of the fundamentals of of real estate. Whether we will see, you know, uh, um, sharper yields on on buildings that have um, uh, higher higher ratings that investors down the line will say, well, actually, maybe it, you know, like the brown discount there is for in in terms of sus- sustainability. I don't know what it would be. But we'll have to think of something for air quality. Well, I, yeah, I think it is a, a piece in a, in a much larger puzzle, isn't it? And um, I think it does link with the sustainability piece. And one of the other things we're doing is is taking the air quality score and and tracking that. We're putting air quality sensors into our buildings, and, and the Future Works um, has a fantastic uh, plug and play offering there, which is um, fully fitted space uh, ready to lease immediately. And within that space, we've we've installed a number of air quality sensors where we're continuing to monitor it going forward and that that allows us to optimize um, the plant to an extent as well if we know that the co2 levels in that space are really low we don't need to run the air handy units at 100 percent and use a lot of energy we can maybe run them at 70 percent and maintain good levels and we can we can start to sort of to treat the air in that space on demand so i think uh if you have a building which is set up uh, well, it has good quality systems. It has uh, a lot of technology within the space. It has a really good air rating. Um, that is ultimately going to be very attractive to tenants. Uh, and from a valuation investment standpoint, that's going to that's going to uh, sort of set the building apart from other other sort of lower grade stock, which which doesn't have any of the, any of those attributes and uh, will I think fall fall um, behind in terms of the value. And I do think um, you'll see a bit of polarization in the market going forward especially with people coming back after the pandemic wanting better off quality office space um uh, and wanting buildings which which deliver these sort of attributes in, in terms of quality air uh, wellness for their staff good amenities um end of trip facilities cycling showers etc um and if you have those in a building it's going to be a much better place to work and people are going to want to come to work rather than to work from home and um and if you've got that occupied demand, ultimately that will underpin um, investment value. Really in- interesting, and and it, it kind of made me think about if if we look at this from um if I put my sustainability hat on and the big problem in or the big issue challenge that's the word uh, <laughs> in for sustainability in the built environment is that a lot of our assets are already built, mm-hmm. and is you know it's quote unquote easy to build a net zero carbon building it's easy to build a building where we can think about um, creating and putting in all of the the hardware to enable um, good quality air but what about all of that existing stock that is is out out there how are we able to to retrofit and improve air quality in in buildings that have been been around for for decades yeah so such an interesting question and one we get asked time and time again yes there are things you can do i do believe it's easier to create a healthier building in retrofit rather than sustainable because sustainability tends to be 
linked so much to building systems and the plant. Whereas with a healthy building, a lot of it relies on best practice use of space. So behavior of people in spaces. Um, so as long as best practice is involved in your approach to creating a healthier space, there is a lot you can do to existing buildings. Um, plus the fact there is more and more clean air technology coming through. So I know that the future building standard, which we'll perhaps touch on, perhaps not, has called for enhanced ventilation um, in new buildings. But in existing buildings, in older stock, there are things you can do with clean air technology that give you the same level of uh, dilution of pollutants and viruses and bacteria in a space without having to dilute it with enhanced uh, ventilation. So lots of things you can do. And also that was mainly talking about the plant and ventilation systems, but there are lots of portable things you can bring into a space. Um, so lots of buildings, old and new, have problems with humidity uh, and you can get portable air, air humidifiers. Um, you can get portable air purification units and localised filtration supplementing building level filtration is actually a really good approach because the building filtration will filter um, the particulate matter coming from the outdoor air. So when you're pulling outdoor air into a building, that is really great at filtering it. Filters on the AHUs and FCUs. But then once you're in a space, you can have indoor point sources generated by people just moving around in a space, resuspending particles. Um, and then localised filtration is really good for that. So many things you can do to existing buildings. And I think it's always really is always seen as really complex, um, but buildings are in general, and there needs to be a multi-layered approach to how you're fixing problems. Um, but probably not as scary as a lot of people <laughs> think. They kind of don't want to know with existing buildings or definitely older ones. They're like, no, 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 don't monitor. But it's really good to monitor to at least know where you are and then fix the problems. Because I feel like if you're a property owner, developer, if you're not monitoring things, um, it's probably only a matter of time before someone goes and buys a monitor on Amazon, say there are other platforms available for buying things, <laughs> <laughs> but it's only a matter of time before someone comes into the space and starts monitoring their air and some sensors really aren't that accurate. Um, so they might not like the readings they're seeing and no one really knows whether the sensor is accurate or not. So at least at the very least, it's going to cause a property management headache if someone's bringing you the data and you don't have anything to say to counter it. Um, so at the future works, that's part of, I guess, the property owner, they're part of the future proof or future proofness of their building and resilience is we have the data and we're giving it to you. Um, you're more than welcome to bring your own sensor in, but this is the data that we've collected from an independent third party that use accurate sensors. So I think that's really powerful as well. Tom, Tom, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think um, undoubtedly it's always going to be uh, more difficult to retrofit uh, existing buildings, older, particularly older buildings, with with the sort of the the health uh, the healthy systems and and the and the air quality provisions which bring them up to uh, grade A standard. And I think um, the chances are they they probably will never get to the same level. So I think there'll be there will be a um, as a for a bit of a polarisation when it comes to sort of quite high quality new stock versus older kit. And I think um, there'll be more focus on refurbishment. Um, and when people do come to, to refurbish space, there will be a, a greater, um, uh, I guess, spotlight shone on the um, 
the air quality and the ventilation and uh, the systems that, and the investment that needs to be put into older stock to actually to bring it forward to to, to, a, to a modern standard. Fantastic, thank you. And and Francesca, you mentioned the the future building standard there and mm-hmm. the um the sort of the um the push for for better ventilation in in new buildings. And mm-hmm. I'd be really keen. It it sounds like there is a desire from the built environment, a desire from um, occupiers for um, better air quality in buildings any, mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. But is is a regulatory stick going to be he- helpful in, in pushing more people along? Uh, are you in favour of a, a little bit of a, a poke in the right direction? I absolutely am. Uh, there's only so much a carrot can do. I think if you are... Um, a leader in the space, an early adopter, you like these innovative things and see the value in them, um, you're the type to buy into them. It's then for the rest who, given the choice, will opt out. Um, So I think, yes, having the stick to push along the rest of the herd is, is really the best thing. And the key thing, actually, with the future building standard is, yes, it calls for enhanced ventilation, which I think makes people cringe because they just think, oh, my God, that's so much money. And what about sustainability? But the future building standard does take into account sustainability and healthy buildings, which is good because this announcement of the push to net zero, I think everyone's knee jerk reaction, unless given guidance and legislation like the FBS, would have just, again, made buildings increasingly airtight and just compounded the problem of uh, unhealthy indoor environments. But having something like the future building standard, which thankfully takes both things into account, is really key. And because until this point, people have, and perhaps it's not so much the um, like the stick to push people along, but it's just they have had no reference point to work to up until now. It's all been like, well, I'll just build it to this standard because there's not anything else out there. And there's some vague guidance, but nothing's really set in stone, whereas this is getting there. Um, so it's a really good first step. I still think there's more that needs to be done, but this is a yeah, a brilliant first step in, in the right direction. Thank you. Tom, for you, do you need a, do you need a stick or is um, <laughs> seeing, seeing the future well, works and what you've done there enough to make you want to do more? Well, I think we're, we're at the forefront um, Anyway, Sam, in terms of uh, our portfolio being uh, predominantly or pretty much all uh, all, all new new build stock um, over the last ten years and of very high quality, so I, th- I think for us um, we are always going to want to deliver best in class products and uh, and we'll be always be striving to do that. But to have a, a I guess a, a joined up future building standard which provides further guidance on that, I, I agree it, it can only be a good thing. Um, in that respect, and uh, and if everyone uh, in the population is breathing clean air, then again, that's a good thing. And if it, if it forces people to bring up some of the older stock to to a better standard, then um, uh, I think that will be um, a benefit to, to to the population as a whole. Um, Regulation-wise, I mean, it, it depends on the I guess the cost that adds, doesn't it? But um, I think hopefully that'll be well balanced and um, and, and well thought through. That's it. Thanks. And and I guess to sort of round us off, what what are your ambitions for um, um, for air rated, I suppose, and 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 seeing um, you know air scores across built across buildings across the country across the world. Um, and Tom, for for you, what are your um, ambitions for I guess for the Ashby 
portfolio and for your sort of um, attraction of uh, of tenants, etc. Um, but Francesca, we'll start with you. Aerated's ambitions. Yeah, well, yes, the ambition is global domination, obviously. Um, but I think we, our approach to begin with was we want the value in an air score to be translated to a building occupant. So we want everyone to become more aware, more educated about indoor air quality. Um, we have a standardised approach to how we deliver air scores. So it's going to be one of those things that currently is an unknown in so many buildings. Um, but using the standardised approach will at least give building owners, developers the ability to compare like for like, whether that is up and down the country or like a global portfolio. So, yeah, it's increasing education and awareness for people inside buildings, but also being able to give property owners, developers or even occupiers the ability to cross compare the data sets that they're getting um, and make really well-guided decisions, data-driven decisions. I think that's probably the most important thing with good data. Fantastic, thank you. Tom? Yeah, at Ashby, we want to continue to push the boundaries in developing um, and owning uh, best-in-class assets, which have a real focus on um, sustainability, uh, wellness, which obviously the air quality score is, is a huge part of, um, and technology, and ultimately wants to deliver um, fantastic products which which people want to work in and want to occupy and we feel that will give us um, a great competitive advantage going forward and it will help us ultimately to, to maintain value by retaining great occupiers who, who love being in the buildings and, and that's really our, our, our drive um, coming out of this. And, and we definitely need to get people to love being in office buildings again don't we and I think <laughs> absolutely um, <laughs> if we create places where um, they they can love love live and and work um, healthily and ha and happily. Then I think we're onto a, onto a winner. Um, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. I know there is loads more um, to come, and I know that we will catch up again for further down the road. Um, uh, especially as 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 this topic just grows and grows and grows. But for now, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the EG Property Podcast. We hope you found the content insightful and helpful. If you'd like more of the same and to keep up with all the latest news, views, analysis and research that the EG Group has to provide, be sure to sign up to all of our property podcasts and subscribe to Radius Data Exchange for unlimited access to all of our content and comprehensive commercial real estate data. Music